This podcast is about spoilers and discussion. It's also about spooky stuff. You know, any film that we talk about here, we recommend you see in advance. You've been warned. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. What an excellent day for an exorcism. Horror. There is no shortage of monsters to haunt our dreams. Horror. You got red on you. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Hello everyone and welcome to a brand new episode of Oh the Horror. It's a horror movie podcast that looks at classic and modern horror films from an expert and a newcomer's perspective. I'm the newcomer Steve Allman. And I'm the expert Rob Holmes. And today we are looking at the 1988 classic Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Directed by Stephen Cheeto and written by Stephen Cheeto. Uh, Chiodo, I think. Is... Chiodo, that's a, probably a better way to say that. Yeah, so this was uh, written and produced by and directed by the Chiodo brothers. Um, Stephen Chiodo directed, Charles and Stephen wrote, and their brother, um, the third Chiodo, uh, Edward, produced. Uh, yeah, this one's a wild one. Like, I, I couldn't quite think of, like, the cultural landscape that this movie came out in other than the 80s like this is quintessential 80s oh yeah man this this is the epitome of what i think of when i think of crazy 80s films uh and cult classics right away this movie is this movie is amazing uh it's it's not it's not a perfect movie by any stretch no it is not but at the same time it's kind of the perfect movie it's because I feel like they like this is clearly like coming out of an era where in movies they were just kind of throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what stuck. And even though not all of this movie sticks, I I got to respect it for what all it's doing because it's doing a lot. I mean, it's definitely it's paying homage to a lot of stuff. Right away, one of the biggest things is the blob, you know, it deals with Absolutely. And, and a lot of and and actually the blob and other uh, sci-fi films that kind of pulled from that exact same thing of something came from outer space, hey, let's go check it out, chaos ensues. Right, and as I was watching this, I kept thinking of just like a throwback type of film to yeah. classic monster movies or classic uh, like science fiction even. Well, yeah, that's exactly, that's exactly what they are. It's, it's Yeah, and... It's the it's the art direction and the design of this world that sometimes you get into. Like we'll talk about like the alien ship or the like the actual like base that the clowns reside in. It's it's so it's so singular in its vision. Like like I hate to like muddle it down with the word like Tim Burton esque, but like you get a sort of like a very clear aesthetic from a lot of what's going on here. It's really beautiful to behold that the biggest strength of this film is definitely the art direction and the production design everything that's been put into it uh the Chiodo brothers they do uh, they have their own practical effects studio so that's kind of they they do special effects for a living uh, right and this so is basically able... like an amazing showcase for everything that their production house does Exactly, and they're able to do it um, very inexpensively. So, 
the suits I don't think cost that much money to do. I think it was the I, I read somewhere that the pressure cannon in their in their gun for the popcorn gun is actually what cost the most when it came to the practical effects. And that was around they said something around seven thousand dollars. We're looking at eighties money. So yeah, that's probably nowadays you could do that same type of thing because of the way technology has uh, improved probably for less than a hundred dollars maybe now mm-hmm. but then we um, look at the character designs of all of these clowns and oh it's man so, so good like, so intricate graphic yes intricate detailed uh it's incredible and i i think the story even is again something ripped from the pages of like a 1950s serial uh with a bit of a like darker modern twist on it that works incredibly well and i th- i think once we get into the like as we get into this now we'll kind of peruse along a few flaws but i think overall like you can't not have fun here uh but yeah let's get into this because um it, the story again simple effective very simple extremely effective i mean it's it, it is when you watch in the beginning of it it's basically the blob there's you know the People who are up, you know, they're all parked together, uh, like making out, having sex, whatever. And then we're introduced to to Mike Tobacco. His name is Mike Tobacco out of all names, because why not? Uh, and then his girlfriend, Debbie. So they're out with all these other couples, and they're making out in a very awkward way, too. It's, it is very 1950s, because... He rolls over onto her, and he says they're going to make out. They kiss for a second. He rolls off of her, and then they just stare up into the sky, and they're like, man, that was great, wasn't it? Uh, and it's a, it's a very awkward moment where you're like, wait, what? You Two seconds, man. That was, you just, and now you're, all right, cool. Um, that That's a little bit of a strange scene, but then at the same time, it, it reminds me of like the 1950s films, because that's exactly what they would do. So it definitely, it's it's basically doing a 1950s film with a twist, you know, and it's def, it's paying homage heavily to it, and I, I think that's fantastic. Um, and then we have to cut to, you know, the either it's usually either a homeless guy or it's like the farmer who lives in the middle of nowhere, and they're, yeah, they see the shooting star in this falling object, and they, they're like, oh, we're going to get rich from it. We're going to find something from it. So now they're drawn to it. Uh, and then some horrible fate befalls them one way or another, you know. And in this case, he and his dog Pooh Bear, which is, which is depressing when you think that the dog gets killed in this, because you, you have to realize it does. Um, I mean, yeah, and, and it's uh, like it's I, I'd say tastefully alluded to. Yeah, but but his name's Pooh Bear, man. I feel bad for him. It's yeah, Pooh it's Bear. a very cute name. It's a very cute yeah. dog. Yeah, it was it was great. Um, and then uh, the the farmer played by Royal Dano, uh, he was great. I mean, he he is chewing up the scenery in this so much. I know, and that's, like, the type of acting and the type of uh, delivery that this movie needs is that from every character, and 
Unfortunately, we didn't exactly get that from most, if not mainly, any more characters because. Well, um, yeah, I think I think Royal Dano knew what he was getting into more than the rest of the cast. I think the rest of the cast was kind of trying to play this seriously, but at the same time, when you have the brothers who are who are in the ice cream truck, like I get their characters, but then everyone else is kind of playing it way too serious, and then you have the farmer who's just so over the top. Yeah, and you really want that more of that to shine in this film because i really think it would have upped it to well, another level you know because everything that this everything else that this movie is throwing at you is over the top and it's uh insane and wild and you you, you gotta like the the amount of the, the amount of liberties that this movie takes with uh the, the insane world and the insane like uh notions that the clowns themselves actually bring to you if if it's not almost always on 10 or over the top you the illusion kind of breaks a little bit and when we get to our uh, i guess main character and our main couple you might say uh that's where like things are get a little flat because the the highlights of this movie are the interactions of the clowns with seemingly normal people in wild scenarios and that like insane cl- like clown tent yeah, I mean, it's definitely more vignettes in this because every everything that I noticed as I'm watching this film, there are there are always little vignettes or little moments with with a clown. So as you're having a scene with two characters, they could be traveling from point A to point B. We'll cut to a couple of these clown scenes of clowns just kidnapping people or putting them in the cocoons or just blasting them with the laser and you're not seeing exactly what happens. Like you're having all these little moments that are just interspersed in between as filler, but it also flushes out the world. So it's really cool to see these moments because that's what I remember growing up, like watching this film on TV because that's how I was introduced to it. It was one of those films, I think, probably like Monster Vision, Joe Bob Briggs or something. And this and surprisingly, up, a movie that I think that could get away with like TV viewings around this era, like not incredibly violent. It's not it's not really there's no actual violence violence in it i mean it's okay there's the decapitation the knock my block off moment which is great man see it's these it's these little moments that are sprinkled throughout that are so iconic and the character design with it too because you get close-ups of these creatures or these clowns in their face and they're so detailed and they they move so well and that's what that's what makes this film so effective is that they really went all out with the design. So since those character designs are done so well, um, it it elevates this movie to a different level for me than just a traditional B-movie. Oh, it does, absolutely. And again, the, the surprising amount of... Uh, or the surprising lack of gore is actually kind of incredible because... Seeing a world like this and seeing, like, all of these wacky, crazy things, I kind of wanted it to see it go over the top with these, like, types of encounters and kills and all this stuff. But it's, again, a little subdued because, you because like, the movie is very, like, patchy as to the vibes that it sometimes gives off. And I think overall it's just this weird, twisted, uh, 
crazy type of world. I mean, okay, let's let's get more into uh, like the actual plot here because I like I'll keep gushing about yeah, I mean, <laughs> like how let's, crazy let's this, say, good, let's... this this looks. I think I think it has a a, a very comic booky and cartoonish look to it, and that's what yes, it's going absolutely. for more than anything. And that's why its gore isn't um, over the top or really disgusting, because this is meant to appeal to a larger demographic who might not necessarily like that. But at the same time, people are being dissolved in these cocoons so they can drink them like juice. Um, so there is, there, there's definitely the horror in that element or they're being turned into, uh, you know, a dummy. So yeah, we get into, uh, the plot where Mike and Debbie end up encountering, um, the, the circus tent, they go inside, they find out it's a spaceship. Debbie right away is just like, yeah, these are aliens. It's a spaceship. Very smart. She knows what she's doing the entire, she's, she's the one who's more self-aware and Mike is kind of like eh, it could be these other things eh, it could be someone else who knows which is actually kind of a shame because aside from the fact that she's the one that gets captured and she's the one that needs rescuing she's obviously the one with the most agency amongst all of these characters yeah it's she's definitely the one who seems to have her shit together the most but yeah somehow keeps getting thrown into dangerous situations um and then well I, it's also i think the reason mike might be so <clears throat> aloof is because he's always hanging out with the Terenzi brothers as you know uh sergeant mooney said he you know he hates them and always thinks that they're the ones who are up to everything that's going on in the town so when people start calling in thinking that they're calling saying hey they're these clowns he thinks it's all work of the Terenzi brothers and he thinks that like the entire town is in on some weird prank that they've uh orchestrated which is absurd but but i mean like hey we gotta have some sort of foil and, and you know what the other character who is who is amazing in this is uh john vernon as as sergeant mooney sergeant mooney yes i was i was literally about to say that other cop was great it, when they they're peppered into this film and the thing is is yeah and you mentioned if there were more of it in this movie i mean it's a well-regarded film and people love this movie i love this movie yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it too. I but like it, would, it quite a it would, bit. I feel like it would push it into a whole nother level if, if absolutely the, if the cast were more, yeah, just just really embellished their roles and took in those character traits and just yeah, put because that, that all that's out when, on the screen. That's when this movie really shines. Is when all of these characters and all of these crazy situations are just played up to the nth degree rather than ever acting like it is taking itself too seriously well because it doesn't the world that they live in is very strange like when the clowns appear places they break all space and time with what they're doing a lot of the time like when uh at one point when they try to get debbie and she runs to a window and she looks out and they're all there waiting with you know uh fire hats on and holding um parachute thing you know the uh you know what it is right you jump out and it's like the net thing but it's more like a trampoline like you know so they're all they're holding that and they're you know ready for her. and then when uh the guy shows up with pizza and it opens up and then out of nowhere this clown just pops up with his gun and you're like, wait a second, how are you doing this? But throughout the entire film, as you watch and in their spaceship, everything they do breaks like space and time. Uh, and that's so cool. So being able to explore that in this film and have it look the way it does, it makes sense because nothing in their world actually makes sense. 
So in essence, it, it all it all works. Right. And again, it's you go along for it. Like I, I never once was just like, ah, that's like too much or that's like too unbelievable. Because again, they they bent that reality and that disbelief in me so well that uh, I'm expecting the craziest thing that this movie can give me. And they give it to you the entire time. Like you have one of the clown or the uh, the popcorn ends up turning into giant clown head things that you know yeah like they're just like little animal seeds that like yeah spawn into the bathroom like that's crazy yeah tosses them into the dumpster too like you get these little um moments that do pepper out the world like peppered in to flesh out the world uh which of the clowns especially you can tell that you know with doing shadow puppets, they can create uh, like a sexy lady on a wall, like and, it's, and a T Rex that just eats people and then shrinks yeah. them down, so he can take them back to to the spaceship to be put into cocoons or whatever. Like it's so strange, but it's great, and that's what what I love about this film is that I'm left wanting more by the end of it. Uh, yes, uh, like you you wanted. Um... You wanted to find a way to find more scenarios and more crazy exactly. situations to put these clowns and all these characters in. Yeah, and and I see. I don't want to go too much into the plot of everything because I feel that if you've seen Killer Clowns from Outer Space, amazing. If you haven't and you're listening to this, we don't want to really spoil anything too big. There, you know, there's some stuff that we're peppering in here and there, or you know, talking about, um, but. I don't want to go into any of the big, big reveal stuff for this film because mm-hmm. it's just so enjoyable and it's you very, just very, need to watch very it. good. Um, I, but like, I, I think that when we get back to because I want to talk about like the actual spaceship uh, for a minute oh, yeah, as well. Totally. Um, I, I got immediate like Flash Gordon vibes. Like it was so colorful. It was well designed. It was straight up something out of the 50s or out of the 60s or like some sort of classic Star Trek sort of thing. Like almost like again when it takes these amazing liberties creatively, it's it, it's so undeniably cool. I I can't not cuz like the also and the confidence to show all of these clowns like essentially in broad daylight, fully lit, full confidence in the actual prosthetics and look of these things to show off every nook and cranny of how these things look it's incredible because this is probably one of the more like well lit (laughs) like if if it's weird to say movies that i have seen from this show in quite a long time where everything is very easily and beautifully on display not even so much with just all of these prosthetics but the characters as well like it's not hiding anything it's never uh, cleverly tucking something away so you just barely see something. Everything is fully on display in all of its glory, and it looks fantastic. So, yeah, what it's doing is it's it's embracing all of its flaws because if you really watch closely, you can see the zippers on the on the clowns. You can on the back of them when they turn around. You can see you can see the flaws in the film as you're watching it, but none of it matters because they're you don't fully care. embracing you, you, the fact. You straight up don't care. Exactly, because they're embracing the fact if you look at the car and you really look at the car and you're like, oh, it just looks like it's stuff pieced onto something as a flat. It doesn't matter because they're they're just kind of like, yep, this is the world. This is exactly how this stuff looks. It looks dumb, right? Nope. In their world, that's how it is. 
and and it's fully because you don't even know if these things are something that's inside of a suit if this is actually what they really look like because we don't actually know if these clowns are something beyond what they are because we're only exposed to a little bit of the world and anything can happen in this world anyway right like because i i kind of think of like it like is it the like is this just the corporeal form that these creatures are taking on because either that's what people choose to see or this is what they think people can see uh mm-hmm. it's like the more you think about it like it's it's pretty neat like uh yeah this and, is... and the reason the reason that you know i i talk about wanting to know more about these as well is because i know that steven Shoto has been trying to get uh, a sequel made for the last 30 years as well as he wants to also turn it into i think um it's this would be three more films i think or a television series to flesh out the entire story. Well, a, a quite very ambitious uh, in his thirty. Oh man! It, I mean, this. obviously, thirty years of thirty years since he probably has so many stories that he wants to tell um, that relate. I think still to the same town. I'm not sure if they're all going to be over over the last thirty years. Stuff that's actually happened, or or uh, like events where people have dealt with the clowns again, or one long story uh so either way i want to see it so if if netflix or hulu would pick that up uh that would be that would be great look netflix is pumping eight billion dollars into their own content so they need to talk to the chiodo brothers especially right now since it's at the 30th anniversary and just just pick that up and yes, peak uh, relevance now since i yeah no, it, it is I, I easily can see something like this being translated like just this goofy fun horror monstery flick with uh, characters like Johnny Tobacco or what or like i it, you, you kind of want like this self-serious uh kind of like edgy stuff that we keep seeing in either modern horror or monster flicks to kind of die away because like overall like this movie has fun with itself that's that's the key here. Yeah, it's very much so. This movie, and I'm kind of surprised it's not at that level yet. It reminds me of uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show as far as being a midnight movie, and I feel like I mean, this it's not, film. It's not nearly as campy. I would say that. Like again, like it's it's fun, but it's not like taking the piss. But it has moments. It has those same moments in time where there's pauses that are just long enough that. It would work for audience participation very well, and I think it would be a great midnight film. And I'm surprised. Maybe it is. I just don't see it on a regular basis, so it might be something that's just in its infancy right now, or a few people have been doing forever and it just hasn't caught on. But Killer Clowns from Outer Space needs to be that midnight movie, because there's so many things that lend itself to that. Um, When you're thinking about props and stuff you have popcorn right there so that's easy you have cotton candy that's an easy thing to be able to have for like a midnight movie um you have just the thematic snacks you would say perfect yeah perfect moments and then if you're gonna do it in the same way people do rocky horror sometimes and then you have like a pie a moment with the pies at the end it's perfect, man. This this needs to this needs to happen. So if anyone's listening to this, just uh, start doing a, a midnight showing of of Killer Clowns from Outer Space, 
and maybe with enough of a of a fan base getting behind that then a place like Netflix or Hulu or Amazon will look at it and go oh you know what there is a fan base behind this let's let's green light that that TV show or movie series yeah get that rep up absolutely i <laughs> i i could not agree more i'm i'm on that campaign right now so we're going to we're going to push for well, that We'll push that hard. But yeah, I think to sum up, if we don't want to get too into the nitty gritty, uh, like it's unabashedly fun. I, th- I think that's it. So much fun. It's, it is surprisingly not tame, but reserved in areas. And then also over the top and uh, just a gas in others. Um, yeah, I mean, I, there are short. there are a few moments. There are a few moments. Let's let's talk about the little the uh, the little logic issues though on some things. There there are some logic issues, but then I, I don't like the pie the pie thing the pie thing. If if someone is hit with pies and they melt into acid, and then other people are hit in the face with pie, and and they just seem like everything's okay, and they're like kind of like huh i got hit with a pie in the face i know it's a tagger for a film but at the same time it makes you go wait what are are they are they getting melted now or what's happening what's happening um that part got me it's ill-conceived and it's not well shown no and i get that it's a it's done for you know a little gag at the end or a bit but oh man they could have done something else instead that would have been would have been a little better. Maybe yeah. I, maybe I'm wrong. I think maybe it might I'm have been just been some some creative limitations at the time. Like I get it. Yeah. Uh, I mean the budget was low for this. It was 1.8 million dollars. Um again, the stuff and, they got away with for less than that. Oh my god. And and we'll remember because they were doing most of this on their own because they're just that damn good. Uh they were able to to do so much more and that that to me is that's the the most important thing about this film is that it shows what you can do. Sure, you might be limited by money, uh, but if you have skills, it shows on screen. And in this case, it definitely shows on screen in, in oh the greatest God. of ways. Like, so, like the implementations of ball pits and the implementations of uh, like just these amazing like uh, matte finish backdrops to fill out a scene, like not CGI layouts or like, because yeah. again, it was the eighties. Like they'd have to do like matte paintings and like, no, and that's and, 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 and it was blue, over... it was blue screen. It was blue screen and matte paintings and stuff like that. And yeah. And, and it, for the most part, it worked. There's a few sequences, especially with the, the clown who's driving the, um, invisible motorcycle. Um, that one looks a little dicey, but it is given what they had at the time. But the stuff that's done in the spaceship looks amazing because it's simple. It's almost like they just went to uh, a theater, like a black box theater, and said, cool, let's just put a fire pole here, or let's just put these cardboard colorful archways and have them swing from side to side. This and is you a buy room. it. Like, there's no wasted space there. No, and it... it, it it's so effective for being so simplistic and the fact that they just embraced it and didn't say, okay, let's just try and make it bigger and crazier than it really can be. It's like, no man, just embrace the weirdness of this. And the fact that it is just pitch black around there, who knows how big this thing is. It's very much like the TARDIS, you know, it's much bigger on the inside, every single room, you're not sure what you're going to end up in. And it plays into the sort of like funhouse maze type of narrative where like you never really know where you are 
There's no like kind of illogical space that you're in. It's great. I, I love it. it. It's super, super fun. Yeah, so if if you haven't seen this film, please go see it immediately. Um, if you have seen this film, you obviously have seen it many, 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 many times uh, because it is it's just that awesome. Um, hopefully, we get a sequel of some sort and the rest of the story can be told because that would be awesome. I would like to see where it goes to next. Yes, absolutely. But yeah, I uh, I could not wholeheartedly recommend this more. Uh, even in spite of its flaws, it's it's really something to see. Uh, Embrace its like flaws. It I mean, honestly, yes. like this is a film where warts and all, it is fantastic, and I wouldn't really change it. Also, one other amazing thing is that the uh, clowns, a couple of them were used in Ernest Scared Stupid as the trolls. They were repurposed for that film. So if you if they look familiar to you, um, Ernest Scared Stupid, they are a couple of the trolls in there. Yeah, Chiodo Brothers worked on that, I think, for the special effects. So they were like, hey, let's repurpose these, and extremely effective. It's amazing what you can do just with uh, some paint and uh, just changing it up a little bit. Yeah, amazing, amazing practical effects, amazing showcase and display of indie filmmaking. Get get this movie's name up because uh, again, the name in in, in and of itself, uh, you may not take it too seriously, but it's again just a blast. So yeah, I think I think that's gonna have to do it for us uh, at the show. Uh, what have we got next week? Uh, so we're actually going to take a look at the 2017 film, The Killing of a Sacred Deer. I have not seen it, but people keep talking about it, so I figured, yes, um, why not? The director has actually done uh, quite a few films that I've liked, namely of which is The Lobster, uh, a very, very fun like black comedy that uh, is fascinating to see. And if, if, this is, if this same director kind of has that thing in his wheelhouse, I'm very interested to see what he does with a a dark and terrible thriller. This will be this will be an interesting one cuz I've heard I've heard mixed reviews on it. Some people seem to really love it and then some people hate it. We will find out where we lie uh, on this together. So yeah, that is going to do it for us here at Oh the Horror. Feel free to check us out on iTunes and wherever you get your podcast. Feel free to leave us a review as well if you like it so much. And uh you can find us pretty much wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to send us uh some correspondence, you can hit us up on Twitter or email us or on Facebook as well and uh, we'd love to hear from you and we're glad that uh, you're appreciating the show because we appreciate you but uh, yeah that's going to do it for us and uh, I'm Steve Allman and I'm Rob Holmes and we'll talk to you next time look at me Damien it's all for you now it is time to keep your appointment with the Wicker Man there's no more room in hell. The dead will walk here. <laughs> <laughs>